Welcome to Sports Scouts. I'm Joey Goodsir. I'm Michael Rope. And we are recording this, our third episode, on Thursday, March 7th, 2019. Um, the exciting thing about this episode is that it's our first episode with a video option. Um, for those of you listening to the show, um, just letting you guys know, you can also watch the show. Um, we'll, it'll be on YouTube. It'll be on uh, the with our usual posts. Um, it's really not going to change the show that much. It's not going to be that visual of a podcast. It's just going to be, um, you know, being able to be a fly on the wall for the show and, you know, watch us do the show um, instead of listen to do the show, whatever you prefer. But, yeah, it's an exciting new fun option. So um, we'll see how that goes. So today we're going to talk Bryce Harper, NBA playoff pushes, uh, Kyler Murray, and more. But first, Michael, we'll give you some scout scores. Yeah, so although boys varsity hockey team lost in the first round of the state playoffs uh, to Notre Dame prep 3 to nothing on last Wednesday, February 27th, congratulations to them on a, ch- on a league championship and a great season. And also the boys JV hockey team won against Providence in the Blackhawk Cup Series. And we'll move on to the quarterfinals, which will take place at um, the, the Edge Ice Arena in Bentsville on Saturday at 1220. So definitely be there to, to, bring, uh, to cheer on the boys JV hockey team. And also, the boys' water polo is now underway. They lost their first matchup uh, by four to Maine West. They will face Highland Park at home tonight at 6 o'clock. And the girls' water polo has their matchup with the Giants and Highland Park tonight also at 6. And the girls' track and field competed in an an invitational at Rolling Meadows on Friday last week and will compete in an invitational at Glenbard North this Friday at 4.30. And the boys' track and field face Downers Grove South at North Central College on Monday will be in Plainfield South um, and North on Saturday at 9 o'clock. And many other spring sports will be getting started in the near future, such as girls' badminton um, um, this coming Monday and girls' soccer at home um, against St. Viter this Tuesday, and baseball, boys' volleyball, and lacrosse is also right around the corner. But last but not least, the girl, or the LFHS basketball, te- um, basketball team will be taking on New Trier this Friday at 10 o'clock, so make sure to come to the competition competition gym to support them yeah uh, very very excited for the um, ELS game that will be on Friday we'll probably give you some um, post-game coverage on that for the next um, for the next uh, scout scores segment we do next week but um, I would also like to note that girls volleyball um, is in need of players um, softball. yeah yeah girls softball I meant um, and uh, Mr. Kleeman sent out an email recently so if you're interested Respond to that email. Um, obviously, you know students, so they you, you would have gotten this, um, or uh, coach uh, coach Lindsey Pereira. Um, so, yeah, that that's kind of that's kind of the n- news we have with LFHS sports today. So, thanks, Michael. There you go. Um, and if you want more on the latest in LFHS sports, definitely check out the latest articles on the Forest Scout. There's a variety of spring sport previews this this week: um, boys and girls water polo, girls soccer, boys volleyball. Um, there's a great feature on track stars Ben Rosa and Nate Schmidt. Um, yeah, so and, and if you didn't hear the sport you wanted to hear or we screwed up somehow, just make sure you send in the scores and informative news to us at sportscoutspodcast at gmail.com as always. That's sportscoutspodcast at gmail.com. And let's move on to the national sports. And this is Show Me What You've Got. Okay, so I'm going to get started here uh, with my headline and Really, my headline, as as I kind of hinted at last week, is I'm going to dive into the um, basically where the Hawks are right now. Because last time we talked about the Hawks, we were um, getting excited for kind of a random playoff push. Um, and right now, things are a lot different. Um, so, I mean, I, I guess the, the main thing here is they went on an eight-game win streak. Um, and... During that win streak, it was getting pretty excited because they were they were just outside of the wild card berth, and it was it was kind of interesting to see because it wasn't something you were expecting out of this Hawks team. And then next thing you know, they end up um, you know once they come out of that 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 nice stretch, they have a bunch of crucial games, um, and they don't really come out on top in them, and they they're falling back, and now they're last time I checked nine nine points out so I mean they're starting to lose hope here really fast unless they go on some crazy run here they're things are not looking good uh, which is unfortunate because I hinted at this that you know they were kind of abandoning the tanking ship already 
and really like they they either needed to commit to tanking fully or they needed to you know they needed to actually push it make it into the playoffs here and clearly they didn't have enough to do that and i said i was worried about that as a red wings fan because of my experiences with the red wings over the last few years and how you know their their experiences their their last few years where they weren't really willing to admit that they needed a rebuild and they hung in them and they hung in this kind of mediocre level so hopefully that doesn't plague the hawks for too long but um definitely kind of a disappointment yeah, I mean, they kind of, like you said, Joey, they kind of put their chips all in the center of the table. They kind of went for it this year, but it really, I mean, it, l- it looked like it could possibly happen from being where they started off to the start of the year. <clears throat> it wasn't the best, but then, like you said, that eight-game win streak, they, pu- they put themselves back in the conversation to make the playoffs, but now with I think they're three games under 500. Are they 27 and 30? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, th- it's been disappointing the last uh, week or so, um, the way they kind of fallen off, and this is kind of their last, we kind of talked about this last week, but this is kind of their their last stand with like the core players we believe because Taze and Kane aren't getting any younger and they're having a great um, seasons um, they, they both are having great seasons so this is this is definitely um, these last couple games they've needed these games and they just haven't come through yep for sure <coughs> um, so Michael go ahead what's your headline today um, so this week has been big in the NFL for the franchise tag and you probably a lot of people have seen different teams like the Cowboys tagging Dexter Lawrence and other teams uh, making moves to keep their their big their big ticket item um, players whether on offense and defense but um, my um, take on this is I think the NFL should get rid of the franchise tag <coughs> I think it's kind of outdated um, it started off in like I believe 1992 when the Broncos wanted to keep John Elway for another season but it just shows how the league but now the league is is moved in a different uh, direction um, and I'll just um, I have a, um, a good statistic here like in 1992 um, to keep a starting quarterback the best or like a middle tier quarterback only cost one million dollars per year and the upper echelon <coughs> of quarterbacks made about four million and today the stakes are much higher um, and also and by keeping a player under the franchise tag this prevents the player from reaching the open market like we saw with Le'Veon Bell he, he could have got there in 2016 or 2015 I believe or 2015 or 16 when he was 25 years old and so 2016 and now he's 27 and he still hasn't reached now he finally gets his chance to reach the open market but it just shows how teams can now um, abuse the system kind of and they can keep their players for actually less money now um, that that was not what it was enacted for in 1992 um, they can keep him for less money and they could prevent a bidding war with other teams so I think this, this system kind of needs um, to once the um, the bargaining agree- the collective bargaining agreement expires with the NFLPA and the NF and the NFL in 2020, this definitely needs to be a topic of conversation because players like Le'Veon Bell and players and other like receivers, right, running backs who um, have shorter uh, longevity at their position need to hit the open market sooner and have the best possible chance to reach the open market. Yeah, I mean, trade markets are a huge conversation on the show this week um, across sports. And, you know, it's it's kind of interesting to see the different facets of how uh, players can be traded, how teams, how players can be picked up across all the leagues right now. And, you know, one of the biggest features of the NFL right now is the franchise tag. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely something interesting that we'll have to look into going forward, um, as well as, you know, in other sports, because there's there's a lot of these stories kind of happening right now. So, yeah. All right. So we're going to move on to our news. So recently after our last episode, uh, the news came out that basket- that the baseball world was about to explode with Bryce Harper finally going to reach a deal, and it was with the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, Harper signed a 13-year, $330 million contract, the largest in, MB- in MLB history and one of the largest in sports history. So, Michael, what do you think this is going to mean for the future of baseball? Well, we saw once um, Harper signed in like the, the 24 hours after he signed um, his number three jersey, which he will be wearing this year in Philadelphia, became the top-selling jersey of all time for any player in any sport within 24 hours of launch. Um, this is according to Fanatics. And the previous best-selling jersey launch um, that Fanatics has seen was LeBron James um, this past summer when he signed with the Los Angeles Lakers. <coughs> so I think this is um, good for the game because you really don't hear sometimes baseball, st- baseball stars can kind of get lost, <coughs> lost in other sports such as the NBA or the NFL. 
and I think this is this kind of I was surprised to see this to be honest. Like I would I would yeah, have expected. We were thinking it was gonna fall. It was gonna yeah. it was gonna kind of fall out for Bryce Harper, but this is a big uh-huh. change. Yeah, so I think this is really a good thing. Um, but I mean, always there's gonna be critics with baseball how the games the games are so long, and this is always a concern for for many. But I mean, this is kind of just the nature of the way the game plays. So if people don't really like um, the 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 length of baseball games. I mean, that's just kind of their own their own take on this. But I think overall, um, baseball has has become more popular, um, and ticket sales have gone up. Like the postseason viewership has gone up, and I think the game actually is in a pretty good spot. We've talked about like the free agency, like and arbitration, how the game's coming more analytical, but um, and players aren't too happy about that because so they're losing the older players are losing some money. But I mean, that just might be the new the new nature of the of of the game. But I mean, it still shows these top players like Harper. He got the biggest deal of all time in baseball. So it st- still shows there is still money w- with some with these players, and um, it sh- and also will be interesting to see with the DH that's been talked about in the in um, being in the in the uh, National League as it's been in the American League for such a long time. But with Harper's length and his contract, it definitely the DH could possibly be in the in the NL before we know it before the end of his contract because it's 13 years out from now. Um, Harper's deal is with the Phillies, so there definitely is a high possibility once he um, is in his mid 30s that the DH is in the um, National League, and this really could help him too, and other players that are getting in their um, uh, mid to upper 30s. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a bit. It's a huge. It's a huge change. Um, well, it's a. It's a. It's a huge piece of news for for the MLB, and you know, you you basically. I mean, touched on exactly what I was going to say as far as like, you know, it's it's become way more of a statistical game but at the same time it's a lot of just everything is getting bigger as far as start as far as just start power um and we're seeing things move in that direction with some you know really big contracts lately obviously so yeah i mean that's a, that's a huge story yeah. so yeah let's get to our next news so uh zion williamson he's been the the center of attention, of course, um, in the basketball world, the college basketball world especially, and going into the NBA draft, uh, which is coming up not too long, to be honest. Um, and <coughs> so, Joey, um, of course, the Duke almost suffered a, an embarrassing loss to Wake Forest the other night. So I, might, I, I think it's appropriate now to ask you, so how crucial is Zion Williamson to um, this Duke team going into March Madness coming up in a couple of weeks? Yeah, I mean, we were, asking, we were talking about the larger narratives of Zion Benton last week but i think the big thing zion williamson <laughs> yeah of, of zion williamson oh my gosh i've done that i've done that twice <laughs> now um i think the bigger thing about zion williamson is i mean you know he no matter what you can say he has a huge effect on this duke team and you know that that definitely shows and i think that in a co- in, in a college basketball environment where talent is so distributed because there's just so many teams and there's so few players on each team you know he he, it's true that even at a powerhouse like duke he's going to make somewhat of huge difference especially if he's like a generational player and you know that's that's showing off for them especially because i think you know this duke team isn't all that bad without him i I think that it's i think that it's overplayed to say that they're nothing without zion ben without zion williamson (laughs) i almost did it again (laughs) I think that for sure, like, he does have an effect, especially when you get used to having him on the team all year. That's the big difference. Yeah. Once a st- once a star like that is gone for a period of time, that's going to make guess, that's yeah. G- yeah that's going to make a huge difference. Uh huh. Especially just having having a star player to lean on, but not necessarily lean on, just rely on for you know big performance. So Duke is going to be hindered by this, and you know they're they're a good team without him. But I mean, they still have. They're I not going to be as good. That's for sure. Yeah, they so still have possibly two, uh, for sure, two um, first rounders in and uh, in, in Barrett and Reddish, and also uh, Trey Jones too could possibly another be another first um, rounder. So they they definitely have a lot of talent around around yeah, Zion. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, they can still make a deep run without him. But like you said, he he is the center of attention, the star of the college basketball world, and. Um, Possibly without him, I mean, there there is a lot of circulation around the team, um, a lot of distractions. So yeah, with for the, sure. Uh, with him, yeah, this could de- it definitely takes the pressure off the rest of the team. I think even th- I think there's less pressure 
with him on the team than without him on the team because you're just getting constant questions from from the media and the constant buzz when he's going right. to return. Is he still hurt? But also another point I want to make is um, just going into the, even if they have Zion or not, um, their three point shooting has been one of the worst in college basketball. They're 30.7% accuracy from distance, which, r- which ranks 328th out of 351 teams in the NCAA, um, which definitely um, could I- is a problem for them, I think, going down the, um, the stretch here and going into March Madness as um, teams we see every year, teams that, that win um, are one of the best um, in, in college hoops and shooting the three ball. So they're definitely going to need someone to step up from, from beyond the arc and make some shots. And I had a um, stat, I think it was only, how many teams here? I don't think I put it on here, but um, it was only like a certain, it was only a couple teams in the last like decade that's um, won the uh, tournament with, with over like, without being over 35% from from three point um, shooting. So, and they're only at 30, almost 31% right now. So they're definitely gonna need someone um, to step up if, if their inside game gets shut down by opponents going into March Madness. So this is gonna be, one concern, but they definitely can get over uh, this concern because they have so much talent on this team. Yeah, I mean, this is this is absolutely um, something that that was close to happening. I mean, they 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 definitely were about as close as you can get to losing to Wake Forest the other day. I mean, they're you know yeah, the ball almost went in and rattled around the rim, so hit they got hit lucky. every yeah. side of the rim. Yeah. So I mean, you know, as as a college basketball fan who is not a Duke fan and therefore hates Duke. Um, you know, more proof that they're the most evil team out there, but in that they're probably going to, you know, suffer without Zion. But I mean, you know, coach K recently mentioned, I don't, this was a couple weeks ago. I remember him saying that like his, like his favorite or like best player on the team was like Trey Jones or something like that. And I think that that's a, that's a big, you know, statement. I think that they have other great players on this team and they're, they're definitely a good team without him. It's just that, the question is really, are they a great team? And so we're going to see how that works. Um, rumor is he's probably going to be back for the ACC championship next week. So we'll see how things um, end up playing out with that. So um, on to our next th- headline here. So uh, to close out the basketball conversation here, we're going to move into the NBA. Um, and a recent result here out, out of the NBA was um, the Boston Celtics being the Go- Golden State Warriors, 128-95. to and the Celtics have been really seemingly to be on a recent surge um, following a low period. Um, multiple players and coaches are really kind of um, giving remarks toward the general theme that they're like locked in now and they're ready to play. Um, and on the other hand, the Golden State Warriors have kind of had um, a somewhat mild season, and I guess you would say, in compared to what in they've the past, usually yeah. had. Yeah. So I mean, it now that now that we're kind of in this part of the season here where you know it's it's march um what are who are your contenders and um who shouldn't be considered when it comes to nba playoff results this year yeah i mean first two things last night um the celtics beat the kings 111 to 109 and gordon hayward was he hit he hit the game winner for him and he's been really solid um this last these last couple weeks and he's really stepped up um of course his he had that catastrophic injury when he first signed with the celtics last um offseason and he's been a long road back for him to get back to where he was with the Jazz before he signed with the Celtics. But he hit that game winner last night, and he's looked—he's been a huge part for the Celtics. And if they want any chance to possibly beat a Raptors, a Bucks, or one of those two top teams in the in the East, they're going to need Gordon Hayward to be part of their rotation. Um, and I think they've—we've heard some chemistry problems in the Celtics locker room this whole uh, season. But I think they. C- it looks like these last couple games they've really been playing hard, uh, and with this whole these whole Kyrie Irving rumors that they're better without him, they um, with with Jason Tatum, they're th- he's a better player all around, and they play better with Tatum instead of Kyrie. I think they kind of put these rumors to bed, and they just stayed in house. Someone I think said, "Look, we have we have these players on our team, and we need to just play with what we got, and we have a really talented team." And I think they're just kind of shutting out the outside noise, and there's really just they really they were supposed to be the East uh, favorite going into the season, and now I think they're starting to live up to some of the hype, especially after that the big win against the Warriors. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. I think the the one thing that I do have to say with the Warriors, especially, I think that you know there's 
this narrative coming out with the Warriors, considering their recent result, that the Golden State Warriors are overly confident in themselves and that their rec- their their past, you know, almost seemingly, you know, unstoppable success has led to basically an assumption that they're going to have results at the end of the year and get to the spot where they need to be, which has recently been the NBA Finals. Right. And then that's really when, you know, the big part of their season starts. Yeah. I mean, and I'm sure they'll still be back. <laughs> you know, yes, I, right. Really. I mean, but at the same time, I think that, you know, people are asking, like, are they overly confident? And I would say just, I mean, to provide a different perspective, I would say yes, but in a really different way than I think people realize. I don't think it's a, it's a conscious, like, we are better than everybody kind of overconfidence that people may have in their head. But it's more just of a passive like expectation yeah. that things are just going to work out. I think we're going to see definitely a different team too come the playoffs. Right now, they just basically they're going to g- they know they're going to get in. They're just not really they're not in any um, position. I mean, rightfully they're so. Just I guess not really worried. Yeah, yeah, they're not worried at all. I mean, and once the playoffs starts, they're going to be a different. They're going to be a whole different team that we've similar to what we've seen in the past for sure. Um, and definitely, yeah. But to get to your question, I guess. Oh, one more thing I was going to say was the Bulls last night. That was a huge win against the. Philadelphia 76ers, 108 to 107, and Zach Levine really has been something special these last couple games for the Bulls, and he's really, he's really. I mean, I think Bulls fans have. I mean, of course we want. I'm, I'm a Bulls fan. I'm sure. Are you a Bulls fan too? Absolutely. Yeah. So, we we both um, know that Bulls fans around here, we, we want to lose to get the top pick, but uh, around the top pick, but to see wins like this against really good teams in the East, and also the South or 76ers are part of that conversation t- um, as contenders. Uh, this really has shown the Bulls, the Bulls' core, w- which includes Zach Levine, Markinen, and uh, poss- Wendell Carter. He's in there too, like the big three right now um, in their rotation. But Wendell's been out, of course. Uh, but it's really been it's been impressive to see how the Bulls have have kept their locker room uh, going into <coughs> going into March and their 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 struggles earlier in um, in the first half of the season hasn't. Um, hasn't overlapped into the second half of the season and they've and they've stuck together with with their with their roster and they've believed in themselves and they've been playing pretty well since the all-star break yeah i mean i i would say that the, as far as the bulls go is you want to see them lose you want to see them lose to tank right now but they have you know there's going to be some players out of this period that are probably going to make it out into the um you know and know what we're hoping is a bright future so we want to see a couple wins in here, and when they're wins, we want to make we want to see them be good wins like these. Yeah. So it's not a beating good like a Hawks. You've got to see them beat a 76ers. Right, absolutely. You want to you want to see them, you want to see them. You know, if they're gonna win, they gotta they gotta make it worth it and win one of these games mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, and yeah, so, um, you know, definitely, it's that time of year right now where we're looking into the ML- the NBA and the um, NHL right now when it comes to. Who are so. your uh, probably top like just give me like your top two in each conference for contenders? I mean, as far as as far as contenders right now, I mean it's 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 kind of a it's kind of a weird year. It's it's been it's like been after up like and down for especially in the East Eastern. Well, conference. yeah, for sure. It's it's just been it's been a lot more. I would say at least a lot more up and down than expected. Like I mean, like over the last over the last couple of years, things have been so consistent. It's just kind of. It's it's yeah. it's fun in a way because you know we hadn't seen this in a while. I mean, obviously coming out, it's, there's just it's just so it's just so wild in the East right now. And I think that if if the Celtics are playing well, they're gonna be they're gonna be almost unstoppable. At least in my opinion, that they can they can do very 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 well um, near the end of the year and expect some results. That is, if they remain on top of their game. If they don't, they can be as bad as they have been every once in a while. So I mean. I I I don't know about that, but yeah, definitely definitely on the East, I would I would watch the Celtics if they say that they're locked in, you know, then um, I would definitely look into that because they because when they're locked in, they can be really really good. Um, but there's still questions, I guess, if they they yeah. can lock in, but they do have one of the best defenders in the league, Al Horford. He's he's yeah, been for solid sure. for a long time when he's with the Hawks and now with the Celtics, and he's really shut down some of the games best. So if they can if they can keep riding um th- this this recent hot streak going into the end of the season they they could possibly upset <coughs> the one or two right now which are the bucks and the raptors which two have some some really 
they both have a really good um, roster. Um, of course, the Bucks they've they're they've been the talk of the East this year, and rightfully so the way they played. But also adding Nikola Meritich has been that's been like the the golden ticket right now to get them get get them um, going into the playoffs as the one seed. And he's been a great he's been a great find for that front office, and he's really played well with with the uh, the, the Bucks roster. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then out of the West, I mean, we did talk about the Warriors. I think that um, the Rockets may not be getting as much credit as they deserve. Mm-hmm. I think that they're this yeah, is this is an important year. year for them because this is the one year where they can s- um, where they can seemingly make it out of the West, which is something that's been very very hard for them to do because there is Golden State in their way consistently, and I think that they th- that they're going to pose a threat as we said. But I I think that you know if the Rockets are going to do something significant, then this is your year. This is their, you know, the year. So um, that's going to be that's going to be a big team to look into. I mean, yeah. right now, obviously, they, they get mildly talked about. But as far as just simple, like, playoff contention, they, they should be talked about more because this is, this is their almost, I want to say, all-or-nothing year because they, they have a almost a more open door than usual. Yeah, so right now they're – Third in the Western Conference, the Rockets. That is at 39 and 25, and they're five games back of the Warriors right now. Which, of course, they're probably not going to pass the Warriors, but it's been impressive w- the way they've they've come alive. I um, mean, yeah, it's it's good Harden positioning. Versus, yeah, I mean they'll be they'll be okay. I mean they're basically locked for the the playoffs. They don't really need to move up or down. But another team that's been really been very impressive was has been the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, for they're sure. Only a game out from the Warriors. That's so they're definitely you. a team to that you really wouldn't hear otherwise. Being in the West Coast, I mean, I guess the Warriors are still in the West Coast, but of course they have a more, um, much more star-studded cast around them, yeah, like Kevin Durant, sure. Curry. But the Denver has gone more under the radar, and they've been a very solid team, and they're definitely a team to look out for. Highly yeah. under the radar, yeah. so under the radar that I did not notice they changed their logo <laughs> this past year or so, which is <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> I did, I did see that a couple days ago, and I was like, really? I didn't notice that, but yeah. But yeah, they, they, they are contenders right now, they which are. is something new. And yeah, so now I guess we'll get into our next story, and we're going to switch our gears to <coughs> baseball here. And so we've talked about the impact of Bryce Harper already with his new deal to the Phillies. Yep. Um, the effects are just starting to occur. Um, as Harper said, that he, that he would love to team up with Mike Trout. <coughs> Once his contract is over in two years in, in Anaheim with the Angels. So, Joey, do you think it's wrong for um, baseball players to be recruiting other players in the league? Or do you think there's th- th- it's just more an overblown story and we should just ignore this? Well, I mean, I think I think the MLB is absolutely right for um, trying to get a new Bryce Harper and other players away from starting to do this right now. Because I think that the NBA is incredibly marketed. Um, is incredibly well marketed, and I think that you know, Adam Silver does an underrated job um, as far as being commissioner. And the commissioners I know most about are the commissioners I don't like, and he's <laughs> not, he's not on that list. And MLB is not so much on that list right now. And I mean, I think that definitely, you know, one of the things that's plaguing the NBA though is that recruitment and is the building of the super teams. I think that that's what's bringing, especially the regular season bringing them down and right now with the MLB it's it's kind of harder hard to bring the uh, regular season down more than they already um, kind of have it seemingly at this point with pace of play and you know just the nature of baseball that we've already talked yeah. about and teams that are tanking of course there's right. uh, it seems like half the, half the leagues tanking at one time and it's it definitely some game in the summer like especially baseball is like the only game on and it's For just sure. kind of it's kind of it can be boring I will admit to watch baseball games we have Baltimore play against the Yankees and Baltimore is like 30 games out of first place come like August already so right yeah, yeah so sorry to interrupt yeah 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 but for sure I mean it's just it's just gonna be it, it would be something very negative toward baseball and I don't think they could stand up to it like basketball has been able to and I think even basketball is trying to move away from it and this is kind of the results of this year are kind of showing that because it's not you know the Lakers are not doing what we expected them to do i mean even though lebron had a huge accomplishment last night you know passing michael jordan and career points is something something big for him um you know they you know the fact is they're still not looking like a good team at all and they're 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 probably not gonna playoff, make the playoffs yeah. probably not gonna make the playoffs for sure 
So, I mean, that's changing even in basketball. And in basketball, they were managed, they managed to hold success with that, that kind of dynamic with baseball. I don't think that's as po- that's as possible. And I yeah. think that, you know, it's right for them to step in the way. I mean, I think the thing that's funny right now is that, you know, they're trying, they're trying to step in uh, uh, Bryce Harper's way here. And he's, you know, He's pretty adamant and vocal about, you know, he's he's gonna like like no matter what they say, he's really gonna make contact with Mike Trout and send the word out there to come to Philly, especially with these with his long term contract. And, you know, I think part of the reason why he's so easily doing that is because he just signed one of the biggest contracts in baseball well, the biggest contract in baseball history and one of the biggest in sports history. And he's like, you know, what's the you know, if I can get well, the can best get player there? in baseball on my team for just a for a fine that seems small, especially after I just signed that big of a contract, like he's going to do that easily. So, I mean, with this type of scenario playing out, um, when we're talking about th- this level of money and, you know, the, the level of punishment that is given toward this type of behavior, I guess, it's going to be interesting to see how efforts against recruiting in baseball will, will probably change after you know this after this kind of plays out but yeah i mean we'll see yeah how this affects this will this will affect you know it was smart on part of bryce harper because it'll affect mike trout all year i mean really it'll just be a continuing narrative about you know his contract is gonna be up and it's probably gonna be a bigger deal than machado and harper combined because you know mike trout is arguably if you know if not you know it's He's probably the best player in baseball. So he is, yeah, definitely the best. I think, in my opinion. In my opinion, yeah, yeah he is. Yours too. And also, yeah, this is going to be. I mean, I think this actually could be good for the league too. I mean, they probably will deny it that they don't want other teams to be or other players on other teams to be talking about different players um, in different towns, or I guess. And but I think this could be a good thing that people are really engaged in in the game and they are concerned about their players. And I think this is actually could be a good thing that teams. Teams are excited to get a possible game-changing, another game-changing player on their team, and they're and they're invested in their team. So I think this could this is actually possibly a good thing, like we've seen in the NBA with t- with recruitment, and it's been kind of fun to watch, to be honest. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think we should move into our uh, last story. So as we uh, talked about last week in regards to hand size and shorts, um, we're gonna get into some more serious conversation about it um, this time around. The NFL Combine took place over the last couple. Um, of days, you know, at the end of last week. And obviously the main eye of the media was on Kyler Murray. And some things have actually come out of that as uh, former GM uh, Charlie Castle originally reported um, on the NFL Network and, and basically said that Kyler Murray's appearance at the Combine was questionable, if not bad, um, especially regarding comments which he referred to as the worst he's ever seen out of a top-rated quarterback. And... I'm not buying that. Yeah, and, you know, you're going to talk about that, obviously. But, yeah, his negativity has been combated pretty heavily by other opinions, for sure. Um, So do do you think this is something to worry about, or do you think this is something to ignore? 100% ignore. Charlie Casterly, he was 18-46 and with the Houston Houston Texans when he was their GM. So clearly his track record has not been great. as a, uh, with a winning re- with with not having a winning record even close to being close being close to a winning record um, as a GM and there's been rumors too um, these last couple of days that he didn't really get along too with some of the other um, ex- executives in the Texans system um, so I think he really these comments I don't really I, I don't understand these comments just taking um, a shot at Murray which was really uncalled for and when I saw this I really didn't under I was kind of confused to be honest and. I want to quote uh, Murray's agent, Eric Burkhart, who, of course, he's going to be biased towards this guy because he's his agent, of course. But um, I wanted to say I, – I wanted to share what he said. So when when you slander the character and work ethic of a young man who's worked his blank off his entire life and has done everything right to put himself in the current position, you better cite your sources and come up with a better record in 1846 as a GM of the Texans and whose own leadership accountability has been questioned by his old bosses and colleagues as well as the great coach on the planet, Bill Belichick, um, end quote, Burkhardt said. So definitely uh, Charlie hasn't really had the track record in the league that that he, that he can be talking on both sides of his mouth to be saying stuff like this, and he really hasn't developed uh, He hasn't developed a quarterback too when he was a GM. So these comments, I would just ignore these comments about Murray, and I think he kind of has, and 
of course he's going to get this kind of criticism being of course there's, there's always going to be someone that's going to criticize you if you're if you're so good at what you do but if I'm him I would just completely ignore this and there's going to be there's teams that that adored him at the at the combine and they just want and they want him to be on their team so this is just some outside retired GM that's just um, spewing his mouth I think and it's just I really wouldn't well, I mean, I th- I think that there's there's some direction to why he's saying it. As far as like, I I don't I don't think it's something that teams or any of us should um, rely on at all. And the reason why is because I think this is definitely the time of year where narratives pop up um, to reporters, and it happens to even the best of reporters at times during this part of the football season here during this part of the cycle where teams are going to try their hardest to get the headline that they want to come out. Right. And I'm pretty sure that there's probably some outside motivation that made him say this. Um, You know, some team trying to make him say this so that this team would not pick him and then they might take him or something. I, I feel like there was something of that nature that was happening. Um, Dan and Patrick talked John about Gruden. that on the on the Dan Patrick show. I mean, he also, t- I mean, he, he also did bring up bring up the part of it that you know, there was there was also um, that there was also talks about his height being inflated. And I think whether this whether this these things are true or not, I think that um, when you throw that in there too, I think that there's there's you know some aspects of truth that kind of like glorify that statement, but so many aspects of just falsehoods in there that just that right. that just don't make it reliable yeah you know I, I think that there's i think that there's definitely some outside motivation that yeah. people yeah there's embellishment yeah. and there's there's some outside motivation that um i think that uh charlie Casserly may have had may have had here um you know in this time of year where that's really common so yeah, i mean definitely. it's 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 definitely important as a sports fan when you go into these draft periods to focus on the headlines that you're getting because Teams are going to want – this is a time of year teams are going to want to make the headlines what they want. And they're going to do everything in their power yeah. to set their narrative, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, yeah, so we're going to move on now. To yeah. Um, so, yeah, they don't scout like this. Um, it's coming up right here. Okay, so um, with um, they don't scout like this, we're going to talk about um, the AAF finally in full – um, we're gonna have a big full AF conversation <laughs> um, here. So, I mean, obviously, if you don't if you don't know what the AAF is, the AAF is the Alliance of American Football. It's a new football league that was started this year, um, and it's you know it's going on right now, um, and it's provided some an interesting uh, place to consume the sport for football fans at this time of year when you know they're obviously lacking it right now, um, but also providing. Um, kind of a testing ground for some new rules and that's kind of what we're going to talk about um and we're just going to kind of go through the rules here and see what what we think about them and what to expect out of them going forward um and the first one that i want to bring up is the um idea that there uh won't be kickoffs in the aaf so uh, michael what are your thoughts on that yeah i mean i guess the aaf could be like more i guess progressive and innovative league i guess compared to the nfl I mean, I guess and we've seen a lot of relevant, old relevant players that either haven't worked out or are past, I guess, their, their prime that teams have thought in the NFL. We've seen a guy like a Trent Richardson that's been, that was a big disappointment when he got, when he was a first round pick and he was just a complete disappointment um, when he got drafted by the Browns, then he went to the Colts, but he was a huge disappointment and he's had, he's been fairly successful in the AAF. Of course, it's less, a less competitive league than in the NFL but I mean this could be for for guys to um, I guess redirect their their careers to get possibly back on on track to be going to the NFL which is the 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 top top of of any football league uh, in the world so I think yeah it's, it's been I think some of these rule changes like you said without kickoffs it it kind of shows I mean I guess if it maybe if this if people are are if they don't like it or they do like it i think the nfl could take this as as like a as, as just like a survey i guess kind of just to implement this in their own game and this could I be i think that that's definitely yeah possible. so yeah this is definitely yeah very interesting i guess um news but i think and it's been fairly successful too i think the aaf and i guess it's just going to keep expanding 
Yeah, for sure. Um, as far as kickoffs, um, I think that it's – I don't know if it's good or bad or not. And, you know, just as a football fan, it's a part of the game that is, you know, the bread and butter of the game. And so I have a comfort toward it that – I like it too. Yeah. Right. That, that like, you know – Changes games. Well, I mean, I, it's it's an important aspect of the game. So it would be very, very hard to just remove it even considering the safety aspects of it that would make people remove it. So having the AAF, you can make these changes and it won't be as big of a deal because now we can actually you can see, see how that yeah. will work and then maybe it will end up going into the NFL. But um, it's something interesting and that's why, you know, we'll have to really wait and see here. As, and so far, you know, the AAF has done pretty well, especially with its, with its as you said, you know, stars that didn't necessarily play out. I mean, for me, I would obviously add uh, Denard Robinson to that list <laughs> for sure. I mean, you know, he he helped me make it through a pretty dark period of Michigan football, um, you know, that lots of people forget and complain about Harbaugh. Yeah, I'm talking to you, <laughs> Carson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, Denard Robinson's in, in the AAF, and it's kind of cool to see him on the field again. I think that lots of these um, kind of fallen out stars are kind of going to be looked at in in these kinds of leagues um and it's it's a good place to test out these rules um yeah. and yeah. so players it's done pretty well they can build up their resume and also the, the league can look at the nfl can look at this as data for for in the future if this is something that they need to look at at kickoffs of course the injury are the injury concern is why this has been brought up um player safety of course is, is a big problem in the or a, a, a big topic of conversation and a possible and of course concussions are been a been a problem in the league and if they can, if they can just use this as data. I mean, it doesn't really hurt, I guess. And I think, of course, uh, I th special teams has been around since it's just part of the game. I mean, it would be feel weird to have an NFL game without having the the kickoff aspect and return aspect of the game, the whole special teams unit. So I'm not, I would not be a fan of something like that would happen. And I'm sure the majority of of the football world would there'd be a lot of backlash for that. Yeah, and it's a completely different. It's a different league than the the AAF. And I guess you can just still look at it. I mean, if it if players and executives think this is the right move in the future then i mean heck i guess you might may, maybe you do make a change but right now you can't do any any sort of significant move yeah i mean the other aspect is no extra points um i, I mean i i think that that's you know that also plays to the same part of kind of changes in special teams that we're already talking about i mean in my opinion it's probably gonna end up being um, somewhat positive because I think the only reason why we still do the extra point is just because it's just kind of routine and it's just part of the part of the way the game plays out. But if if we could remove it, and I I don't think it'll be that big of a deal. I think that it'll be something that we could eventually get used to. So would help the Bears this year. <laughs> yeah, it would for sure, absolutely. Um, yeah, they they need they need they need to somehow some see way they pick signed up Robbie Gold yesterday. Who did they say? It was a kicker from Pittsburgh. His name was Chris Blewett. <laughs> that is <laughs> probably the w at the worst time, the worst name that you could could have signed for any for for the position of, of a kicker. Yeah, I mean, I, the party. <laughs> I I love I love the concept of player last names. That's one of my favorite <laughs> things. Like every single year, um, I, I it's become more of a thing now where uh, recruits like on National Signing Day they do like an all last name team. Um, and that's kind of been a more and more popular thing. I love that. Um, there's there's definitely lots of good names for football that I've seen, but that's definitely not up there. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Um, and then so as far as the other rule changes here, um, I think the biggest one probably is that the play clock is going to be shortened um, in the AAF, and you know that's going to obviously make it a faster game. So what are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I mean I guess there's another Im implement um, that the NFL can look at. Uh, I think yeah. I mean, I guess I think the league right now is in a pretty good spot. I mean, with the with the play clock, and I don't know. I, I don't really I don't really know like how much you know how much they're going to be shorting it, like a five seconds or Joey. Do you know how much? I guess it could. I don't. I'm not. I'm not sure. But yeah, I'm not sure. Hold on, let me check. Yeah, you can check that out. As I said, I haven't watched too much of the AF lately. I'm I'm actually excited to get into it. Yeah, um, but if it's anything like significant, then that could be a problem with in the NFL because of course it always. Trying to to scheme, I guess, it's against thirty-five. Let's see. Hold on. Yeah. Here. Yeah, but I mean, I. Regardless, I think you know, if if it's any time, it's gonna 
be a big difference because you know in the flow of the game it's yeah. it's basically I mean there always is every second it's not like that there's never a delay game in the in the NFL it's it is pretty it, it happens quite often so like, if you were to um, yeah so de- it's down to 35, down as, to 35 opposed, as opposed to the 40 the 40 seconds yeah um, and it the basically the theory is you know with doing the math it could end up shaving like a half hour off of yeah like a three three four hour running time that we're seeing out of the yeah. NFL lately. As opposed to just r- simply removing the crazy amount of commercial breaks that exist. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't... I mean, I guess I really... Uh, I, it doesn't seem like a lot, five seconds, but in if, if you watch uh, any football game, you could tell, like, uh, five seconds, I mean, it, it does matter. I mean, because, of course, you don't have all 40 seconds. You're in, in the huddle, of course, and breaking the huddle and getting to the line, so there's definitely a lot of time lost there. But, I mean, also, I if I don't really think it's that necessary in the, in the NFL because... Yeah, just so we kind of talked I about, but I, I think it's just a cheap way out of them. Yeah, not to cut time. I mean, that's really to, to cut time really is not a problem. That the NFL, they yeah. could so easily cut with removing commercial breaks, and I, I don't know if I've talked about that in the show, but this this is a huge, huge issue. It's so long for the NFL and for college football, especially as you know, I'm I am a Michigan season ticket holder who's been going to games my whole life, and this year was the first year where I was legitimately sitting in the stands and consciously noting the amount of commercial breaks that were happening. Yeah. And when you're at a game, I mean, any real game experience, when when there's commercial breaks, you're, you're really not paying attention to, like, you know, you're not paying attention to that. You don't really notice that because there's other things um, to entertain you, I guess, during those during those commercial breaks. But eventually, you know, it that facade will fade off after, you know, a couple times. And, you know, they've really kind of, I guess – Football, football, as far as the NFL and college football is really, in my opinion, I guess, kind of taking advantage of the diehard fans that they have, right. like me and you, who they know they're just going to watch anyway. Yeah, they're, they're, they'll they, suffer through the commercials. They'll, they'll suffer through the commercials and they'll complain about it, but they're still going to come back to watch it. And you know, uh-huh. it's smart because it's true. But you know, it's at more the money same, for the league. And at the same time, it's it's annoying. So I mean, I I don't know, I don't know about the new yeah play clock. Um, but then the last thing is, um, some changes to the overtime format, which I am a lot more positive toward although I would I would like to simplify it with the NFL and just have them go the college route I that's just my honest opinion because I just enjoy the college overtime a lot more than the than the current NFL overtime and I also don't like the concept of ties um, in American sports um so but I mean it's it is something new to talk about and you know I I think the common opinion is that NFL overtime does need to change in some fashion yeah like the the NFL is the only sport that really has um, a tie. I mean, in in uh, in sports, of like if you look at baseball, they, they they'll play until like three in the morning if they don't have a winner in any in any game. So, and of course the NBA, we saw the Bulls this last week against the Hawks. They went into four overtimes, and that game went way over what um what what was a normal length uh, duration of a basketball game, and it was really exciting to watch. And I think. Like you said, the en- the college football overtimes are really fun to watch. They're a ton of fun. I love it so much more than the NFL. Yeah, and that'll be very more riveting for for fans, I believe, and they yeah. want to get that extra extra touch of of innovation, I guess, in this in this new league or in in, in the NFL um, to stay like original and keep on improving the game. Uh, that would definitely going to the college format would be, I think that that's probably the best solution. I think to get to yeah, get a winner absolutely. each week in the league. I mean, in general, you just two things. I feel like the two things that they have to work toward are less ties and less reliability on the coin toss. Those are the two things in o- of the overtime format currently yeah, the in the NFL that, that I do that always, like. That always brings up always Th- brings That's up always controversial, controversial, especially yeah. with some certain situations with the the proceedings of that actual coin toss. Like m- the Chiefs-Patriots game. That yeah, was a huge. A couple of years yeah. ago, I remember watching that live. That was crazy because I remember complaining about NFL overtimes and how it relies on the coin flip <laughs> while it was happening, and then that <laughs> happened. So I mean, you know, it's they can totally eliminate all those. All those. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting change for yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, so um, <laughs> the AAF is is something that's going on right now, and people are enjoying. I'm excited to watch more of it. Um, um, I'm enjoying it. And I'm still gonna continue calling it the AF, but I say that positively because it is a is a great um, a great addition to football. And then you know, I guess new leagues are a common thing because the XFL is coming soon with some new coaches being hired here obviously the big one here in chicago is that mark tressman was hired um to be the head coach and gm of the tampa bay xfl team they'll probably roll out names for these teams later um 
but yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's kind of a big thing because even though he's seen kind of a lack of success in the NFL, he's seen some success in other football leagues. So, I mean, that there's kind of that positive trend, yeah, I guess. He's won three great cups in Canada, which is the Super Bowl equivalent in Canada. And the More CFL. on the CFL later. Yeah. Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> and he's been – I have it here. Oh, hold on. I have it here that – when he's been in the NF, been in the, been in the NFL, he's been in 2000 and let me get some of his bigger jobs. 1989, he was a coordinator for the Cleveland Browns, and he's been in the league, head coach in Canada, the NFL, been coordinators for other teams like the Raiders, the 49ers. He's been the Bears head coach. He's gone to Toronto, won the CFL there. Um, was was at North Carolina State in college. Was back. Um, was at was at on the Cardinals, so he's been, he's been around the league for a long time, and I think it's easy for Bears fans um, to just say, "Oh, Mark Trestman," to start laughing right, at Mark Trestman, sure. and then rightfully so. I mean, he was it was kind of it was a huge disappointment how he fared in Chicago. He had an eight and eight year in his first year, and then it was just a nightmare after that. And I mean, that's kind of rightfully so. I mean, um, sure. I, I uh, anyone, no one was, no one was very happy with the way that turned out. But I mean. Credit to him though, like he's really actually had. You, you won't hear this really um, in too many places. He's actually really had a successful career, and many people really won't um, look at like his body of work that he's had in the NFL and the CFL on the college level. He's been around for a long time, and clearly he's doing something right. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, the coaches, the coaches in the XFL are interesting because also the the name I want to point out is Pep Hamilton, the started as the GM and head coach of the DC team, and um, you know although he's had some NFL experience, and I. Um, did like him, even though he was probably diminishing to some of the the qualities of Michigan football's offense over the last couple of years. Um, that he was on that coaching staff. Um, you know, I I think he's he's a decent coach, but it's really really weird to see them put put Pep Hamilton in an XFL position because I think the main angle of the XFL is obviously going to be entertainment. You want it to be exciting, and I don't know. Based on some of Pep Hamilton, um, at least his his play calling with Jim Harbaugh, I don't know if it brings that. Because unless you want to see a bunch of running up the middle in the XFL, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting to see the coaches excitement. that we're getting here. Yeah, these these new leagues, people are going to want to see, I think, a lot of points. It's not really going to be a uh, like a, a show defensive showdown like we see in the NFL quite often. But yeah, for sure. I think yeah, I really haven't watched either. I haven't really watched like any of these two leagues at all, but. Uh, I think yeah, it's definitely worth uh, watching. Like we talked about, a lot of these, a lot of these big names that we know from the NFL and the college level are now are now getting their shot in a different league. And it, I mean, good for them. And also, it it could be exciting to watch. And a lot of these new rule changes too will be interesting to see if this is something the NFL can pick up one day. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, so there's our um, uh, they don't scout like this, and uh, we're gonna move into your scouting. The big um, conversation with your scouting is that it's obviously grown into um, a big segment of our show. Um, it's been something um, exciting that we've had here. And really, um, I, it, it's, you know, it's, it's something that we're excited about that's growing. So we want to make sure it continues doing that. So make sure s to send in your scores. I, I mean, your questions. Well, do send in your scores. I did talk about that. But make sure you send in your questions for your scouting. Um, for the upcoming week, every week, make sure make sure you're calling in to 224-544-9330. Uh, um, continue doing that because um, it's been awesome. But here is our first call. Hey, guys. I'm a big fan of your show. Uh, I'm curious. What are your thoughts on the upcoming CFL season? Who do you think is going to win the Grey Cup? Anyway, have a good one. So obviously Shaw, by the way. Okay, so um, yeah, the CFL. We, we were just talking about the CFL, but I think um, you know, as far as the CFL, um, you know, as 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 a uh, guy who mainly loves college football, who also has, uh, who also loves hockey. I think you know, I haven't, I've you know, too much of my um, Canadian sports, I guess, has come from a hockey angle, so I don't get to appreciate the CFL as yeah, much. Same here. As I should. But, I mean, there, there is a big story coming out of it as of last week, which was, um, you know, the big American connection that was bound to be brought up um, is has now had a new news story, which is obviously Johnny Manziel. 
Um, and the big news with Johnny Manziel is that he was released um, for violating his contract, and the CFL um, completely banned him from signing with other teams. So he's basically out of the CFL. Um, and I guess, you know, for me at least, this is just continuing kind of the same things that we've always been seeing from Johnny Manziel. Typical um, Johnny. Yeah, just basically what he's what he's typically been doing. So now it, now it goes into the CFL, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's been it's been it's been a rough ride for him since the Heisman Trophy. I mean, he's always been known as the as the outgoing personality and the crazy partier that just can't seem to control himself. And I guess that's kind of been, it's, I mean, it's just kind of, it's, it's the real, he's, he's been, a, he's a really talented guy. Not, I'm not going to lie, but yeah, it's really sure. just derailed his, the off field stuff has really just derailed his whole, it's derailed his whole career, career from yeah. the NFL to the CFL. And now he's out. Now it's like, where do you go I next? I mean, there, there are other leagues popping up. So maybe there's that, yeah, maybe that'll get know. some viewership. But I mean, otherwise, I don't know. I think an um, executive said though, in the, I'm not sure if it was the XFL or the, the AAF that right now they weren't looking into Johnny, but I, mean, I, knows, I, that could I wouldn't if I were them. Yeah, I mean, you know, all the all the extra, I guess, baggage that he brings with him. Yeah, I think the baggage. I think you know, there's there's other players that could bring in that type of viewership, at least in my opinion, that um that are in it for the right reasons. I think that too. Yeah, that are that are in it for the right reasons, um, and you know, that they're gonna. They're gonna they're gonna bring eyes because of those things, but it's not gonna affect them too badly. I would definitely, if I were them, I'd definitely look into Tim Tebow because I feel like that would draw some eyes. I mean, it's gonna be interesting to see what he's doing as far as because there's baseball going right now. Um, but you know, in the future, he he definitely might be someone to look at. But yeah, um, as far as CFL, I mean, in general here, my favorite team is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So hopefully they have a good season this year. But um, yeah, it'll be an interesting fight for the Grey Cup this CFL season. And uh, let's pull up our next call here. Hey guys, long time listener, first time caller. I'd like you to power rank every single MLB player based off walk up songs and bash flips. It would be great to hear your insight. Please and thank you. Alright, so yeah, uh, MLB bash flips and uh, walk up songs here. Um, I don't know if we have enough time in this show to power rank every single player, but I, I do think it brings up an inter interesting conversation about. Um, especially bat flips, I guess, and kind of the evolving of what's, you know, the unwritten rules of baseball. Um, so, I mean, Michael, obviously, as a baseball player, you probably have um, opinions on this. But, I mean, as as far as, like, what do you think is the deal with bat flips and with, you know, kind of the evolution of that um, so far at this point? I, mean, I think this is a fun – it can be seen by the older generation, I guess, as more of like a showboating kind of yeah, deal. Yeah, for sure. But – for this newer generation, I guess it's it's been a fun addition to, to the game, and it's just bringing more life to the game. I think, and I think some of the the best ones I've seen, of course, is Anthony Rizzo, being here yeah, in Chicago, sure. and I'm not really too too sure uh, the rest of the league, other teams, um, like the, the other songs, but yeah, I mean, as far as Rocker songs, I mean, the 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 thing that comes to mind, at least notably, is back when Starling Castro was playing for the Cubs. That was that, that awesome. was huge. Yeah, was um, that was a huge aspect game. of the game. Against um, the Cardinals that game, that it was cr the crowd was just going nuts that game. That was awesome to see. But yeah, it's been fun yeah. for fan bases around the league. They've kind of come close to their players just w with a walk-up song like we've seen with Anthony Rizzo. So yeah, I mean more of like a a, a team an individual team thing. I I think more. Yeah, than, for than sure. Like it'll be league. it'll be interesting to see how this evolves. I think that you know in Japan, I think the thing that people I I don't know if how many people have cited this, but it's been something to look into. In Japan, bat flipping is like an art that's encouraged in that baseball league. So it'll be interesting to see how the MLB kind of modernizes. I would I would encourage I would encourage um, bat flipping to be pushed more and more and more in a more accepted direction as long as it's not done Just in an effort uh, dugout or something. Right, as long as it's yeah. not an effort of showboating and we'll right. we'll see we'll see they'll probably be that'll probably start happening if it gets encouraged and there'll be a pushback. But I think eventually it'll be a positive development of baseball because I think people would be looking forward to seeing that type of that type of thing and continuing to keep baseball an exciting game. And I think that if we're going to change things about baseball, it shouldn't be actual mechanics and rules that make the game important. It could be things like bat flips that that are just like these additional things that can be more and more brought into the sport. Right. So yeah. So here is our last call. Hello. The year is 2019, which marks the 100 year anniversary of the 1919 Blackhawks scandal, where gamblers paid allegedly. Allegedly paid players of the Chicago White Sox to go to the World Series against the Cincinnati Reds. And these players were the face of your punishments. 
uh, including Shoeless Joe Jackson, who was banned from ever entering the Baseball Hall of Fame. Despite him playing well in the series, he batted over 300. And I think it's just kind of BS that he's been banned from the Hall of Fame when he's clearly one of the best players in MLB history. Uh, hot take, he's better than Dave Ruth, but I digress. So let me know if you think that they should lift the ban on Shoeless Jackson and get him in the Hall of Fame. Thank you. So this is a big anniversary that I don't think that many people are talking about. Yeah. I mean, th- this is a big, legendary aspect of baseball history. I mean, you know, it's the, it's really the background story that sets up um, one of my favorite movies of all time, which is Field of Dreams. Um, that's one of my. That's probably my favorite movie too. It's one of, one of the best. One of the only movies that can actually that can actually make me cry. That's such a great movie. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a big anniversary, and you know, kind of seeing how it's regarded in history. I think that you know. It's still, I think it's still held in infamy. I mean, at least in my opinion, I think that um, we're we're eventually going to see Shoeless Joe get inducted in some in some type of way. I don't know if he gets inducted, but I think he might maybe not get inducted, but get like recognized in some some type of way that's kind of just an induction without actually calling it an induction. And so that that'll be that'll be crucial. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that. Um, we'll probably see some type of celebration of his career, at least. I don't know as far as this White Sox team in general. I don't think so necessarily because there definitely was some throwing of that yeah. that series. But um, he is kind of a forgotten player. But also right, I think I think he'll be. I think he'll probably be a little bit more recognized than he was. Yeah, but I mean, also on a legal level, I guess uh, gambling in Major League Baseball has become a big thing. Of it's course, become like more and more. With yeah, with DraftKings, I guess, and other sports too like evolution of sports it's, it's been yeah you know, fans the vegas golden knights exist now like it's, it's yeah. a different world than it, it, it was it is definitely it's and it's a, it's a big it's a big uh it's it's a big i guess way for fans i guess to be more engaged like in in the game i guess and they get and other fans if they want to be gambling they can look at the game in a different light i guess and just take a whole different lens at the game and yeah, yeah. i mean it, it's been it, it's definitely taken off on a legal level of course not not uh, with players gambling, of c- like Shula's show, like how Carson mentioned, how he wants to lift that ban, I guess, on him. But yeah, it's definitely been overall in baseball and other sports. It's been a big, it's been a impressive way um, to uh, increase, I guess, the viewership of games and yeah, bring I mean more money into the game. It's something completely new. I guess 100 years does a lot, but yeah. So um, anyway, those are our, your scouting. Make sure you continue sending in your questions. We'll make sure. To get to them, they start some fun conversations. So um, we're glad that that can that that's continuing. So we're gonna move into just wait till next week. Okay, so basically to wrap up the show here, we're gonna talk about um, the um, kind of the things about uh, that we're gonna talk about in the show in the future. And for me, the big thing is uh, conference tournaments in college basketball are coming up. We're really really gonna get into. You know, Selection Sunday is next, not this coming Sunday, but next Sunday. So, I mean, we're really going to get into that conversation. We got, as we've said before, we have a lot of big plans for March Madness. So, you know, it's kind of just winding down into that. So, um, uh, yeah, so just get ready for that. Um, and then also there there have been reports that Antonio Brown is going to potentially have his trade done by Friday. So that, you know, I, I'm we're kind of holding off on – covering that yet because we know that um if that's true the news will come in and we'll definitely that'll definitely be a main story next week but yeah so michael what are you looking forward to uh the definitely of course college basketball we got champ champ week coming up next week and college basketball this this is the big this is the big uh couple next couple weeks for college basketball this is what people watch for all years for the tournament heading and champ week selection sunday all that good stuff involved so it's going to be very fun to like every Can't year, wait. to yeah. just w- sit down and watch college basketball. It's, and it's one of my favorite times of the, the year best, in sports. Yeah. yeah, especially over spring break too. Like yeah, you for sit sure. Sit down and watch games all day long. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's that first weekend is one of the best times in sports. It's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, so um, that's all we got today. So um, congrats for sticking through once again, listening to this whole thing. Uh, we appreciate that. We are actually now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public. Um, and there'll be more coming soon, but we're actually on all those platforms right now. So make sure to get out there, whichever one you prefer, whichever one's easiest for you that you actually listen to your other podcasts. If you listen to other podcasts, um, on, make sure to get on there. Um, you know, hit that subscribe button, get us some positive reviews here. Cause we're going to try to make this show grow. Um, especially with this new, um, video format, you know, make sure to 
subscribe to us on um youtube and you know we'll we'll start we'll start that too um and yeah it'll it'll be exciting here so um definitely look out for that and um as usual just looking at the forest scout here a lot of good articles um big one was shaw had one out on antonio brown and the bears um there are some new podcasts uh popping up um first episode of the hut came out yesterday which is more um just kind of a lake forest high school just general and kind of um it was pretty funny it was a good podcast um, and then top tens with Stephen Young and Michael Vallone, kind of sports oriented, but it's probably gonna morph into whatever it morphs into. But yeah, look into that. There's other podcasts coming out, so that's kind of cool. And there's always a lot of good stuff, new material coming out, so keep an eye out for that. For yeah, sure. for sure. Um, and as we said, March Madness is coming soon. Email us to get some guests on this show. We're looking forward to some exciting shows surrounding March Madness. So yeah, um, so get ready for another episode of Sports Scouts next week. And uh, in the meantime, we'll keep on scouting. I'm Joey Goodsir. I'm Mike Rowe. And we will see you next week. 